This is On the Nose with Joey Erringman. Son, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol. Welcome back to another episode of On the Nose. I'm your host, Joey Erringman, and with me today is where did he come from? Where did he go? It's Jim Palumbo. Oh, yeah, it's still here. Yay. And we have a new guest with us today, all the way from, was it Glendale, Arizona? Is that right? Glendale, Arizona. Nathan Edwards, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Nathan Edwards, are we pronouncing that right? Uh, that is correct. Okay. okay. Right. Common spelling. I, okay. I, yeah, common spelling. I think uh, knowing him this long, I shouldn't know how to pronounce his name. I would hope yeah. so. So, all right. So this is going to be a little bit of an amateur hour on the podcast this week. Um, Nathan is fresh into whiskey, so Jim and I have sent uh, four different whiskeys to Nate. So that we can go through some tasting notes and uh, hopefully have some fun with it. So um, we'll start off with what are we drinking? Nate, do you even have a drink for yourself right now? Uh, I do not, know. That's how uh, big of a blueberry I am. Amateur hour. <laughs> yep. Unlike all of our episodes, which are totally not amateur hour at all because we are experts. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I'm drinking an old-fashioned. I poured Jim an old-fashioned, but then he remembered he doesn't like old-fashioned, so I'll probably start drinking his here in a little bit, too. Yucky. I don't like it. You, you don't like bitters. That's the problem, I don't, right? Yeah, I really don't. Aromatic bitters, especially. I'm going to try it again, but it's... That's disgusting. What a wimp. I don't like that. You don't like it at all, Jim? I really don't. <laughs> all right. I'm so sorry. It's so mean, <laughs> but it tastes terrible. <laughs> well, I'm already cracking the peer pressure and pouring some uh, Buffalo Trace single barrel. So hey, well, before you do that, because that's not what we sent you. I know still, it's he's not. Gotta have, he's got to have his side drink. Got to uh, cleanse the palate fair. there, Jimbo. He's cleansing with Buffalo you Trace. Can't, you can't <laughs> cleanse your palate with more whiskey, Nate. <laughs> oh my god! Um, All right, you know what? Let's just jump into our first whiskey, Jim. What do we got? Uh, so for the first whiskey, um. We didn't go with like the classic beginner kind of bourbons and Irish whiskeys. We went with a couple more special picks to kind of expand uh, what Nate's tried because he has tried a couple. Yeah, Nate, we sent you some pretty nice shit. Oh, yeah. damn it. Now I have to. It's time. It's your fault. I always wanted to be on an explicit podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where dreams come true, Nate. <laughs> uh, so uh, all his bottles are labeled, right? You wrote the names of them on. You know, they are all labeled. Okay. My favorite so name the on there is Dingle. Oh, oh, we'll get there. That's my favorite one, too, but for a totally different reason. Uh, all right. But the first one we're going to start with is the one that's labeled as the Woodford Double Oaked. So right. go ahead and get that one. So, Nate, go ahead and pour yourself a Woodford Double Oak while Double Oaked, not Double Oak. Yeah. Double Oaked. Um, Jim's pouring my glass as well for me. All right. So, Nate, the reason... That well, this one came from my collection. I picked two. Joey picked two. Um, I picked this one because I know you're a fan of the Jameson Black Barrel, and this is similar in a lot of ways. Even though it's not an Irish whiskey, this is a bourbon, but it does the same thing, where it mixes its whiskey with uh, some of it's aged in the standard single barrels, and some of it is aged in barrels that are double charred to really bring out the kind of oaky leathery vanilla flavors so you it should be kind of familiar but in an americanized bourbon as opposed to jameson right and on it's delicious i love it awesome all right so we're gonna start i know you don't have a glencairn because amateur hour but 
do your best because we're going to go ahead and we're going to get some some nosings in and you're going to get some it's going to be pretty strong i will say that right off the bat it's strong it's very oaky it's very uh you're going to get a lot of like vanilla caramel but it's very it's very enhanced so it's going to taste it's going to smell and taste pretty intense so nate don't just stick your nose right into it like swirl it and then bring it up as you're smelling so that you don't burn your nose hairs off and you're just bringing it up until you can start smelling things. Yeah. I was wondering why it smelled like rubbing alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're using a... We won't go into the science behind it. You can check out our previous episode on uh, nosing glasses. and uh, <laughs> Season one. <laughs> uh, flashback. Um, but because you're using a rocks glass, all the fumes from like the alcohol are just going to go straight into your face. They're not going to be kind of funneled in any way. So you're going to have to be kind of careful with how you're smelling and tasting. Uh, he's using what, a... You're using I did, a I did glass, right? I, I switched to the, yeah. uh, the flight glass, yes. Yeah. yeah oh, did flight he? glass on there. Okay, yeah. I can't see in the video. He said he went... You right. said you were doing the other one. But still, like slowly bring it up so and then... Once you start getting that rubbing alcohol, pull it away some, and you can get um, some of those other notes to it. But I am getting yeah. like the oaky yep. vanilla smell, yeah. Oaky caramel vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the nose, according oh, to so good, uh, the website, has rich notes of dark fruit, caramel, sharp honey, chocolate, marzipan, and toasted oak. I've never had marzipan, so I don't know what that would uh, taste or smell like. Yeah. I'm not sure what the difference is in sharp honey as opposed to regular honey, but you know, there it is on the tasting notes. Yeah. But okay. I'm ready to just go ahead and start yeah. drinking at this point. Uh, cheers. Clank. Oh, cheers. Clank. 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 All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm, it's very good. It's so good. Dude, that's one of my it's favorite amazing. bourbons. It's, it's so, so smooth. Yeah. It is very smooth. It's Yeah, and it's surprising because it's a little bit higher ABV. It's 45% as a Is it really? Standard. Yeah. It's I would have never proof. guessed, dude. Yep, it is a 90 proof. You really didn't? It, you've bought, how many bottles of this do you have on your shelf like right now? So I only have one bottle of Double Oaked on my shelf, but it's a, I think it's a party source pick. Oh, yeah, so it's probably yeah. a... Uh, Oh, God. Help me. What? It's barrel strength. It's probably a barrel strength, isn't it? Ah, probably, yeah. So it's probably even higher. But yeah, but, this one is wow. a little bit higher. 45%. Uh, tasting notes, you should be getting a full-bodied mix of vanilla, dark caramel, hazelnut, apple, and then also fruit, and spices. Nate, do you get the dark, what was it, dark caramel? Yes, I did get dark the dark caramel, car- caramel. yes. What's, what's that? All right. I don't know. I like that it says apple and then fruit. Apple I didn't get fruits. any of the apple. I don't know. I didn't get any of the apple. Amateur. <laughs> oh, wow. <well. laughs> I bet you wouldn't get the apple. My throat's just on fire. I'm just trying to play it off right now. Really? Oh. No, it, it's not. It's not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't get any apple either, but that's, yeah. 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 What I, do you think of this one, Nate? Maybe a little, uh, you know, I think it is very smooth. I'm getting the a little bit of caramel and a little bit of vanilla, and I, I would definitely recommend getting it and i would probably pick up a bottle myself so so jim do you what's the price point on this one like i said nate we we splurged a little on the whiskeys we sent oh boy this is probably the cheapest this is definitely the cheapest one this is i think this is only what like 40 something usually you'll probably hear some computer keys clacking as i look it up (laughs) um but in ohio no double oak i thought it was like in the 60 dollar range dude oh i mean oh yeah i'm thinking of the standard woodford yeah well, this is the, definitely the uh, the most expensive 
uh, bourbon I've had then. I haven't spent oh, over probably about 25 or 30 bucks on a bottle yet. Yeah, because I think the so black barrel is like he, 25, 30. Here in Ohio, it's 52. 52. Okay, yeah, so okay. it's yeah. Just, just over. <clears throat> so, yeah. here in Arizona, Still we probably... have access to just about everything, so. Oh yeah, this is this will be an easy one to find for you. Yeah. yeah, I mean this is pretty readily available here too. It's just a mm-hmm. little bit, it's just a little bit higher price, so right. it's not one I constantly drink and stock up on. So, all right. Hope oh, I just got the years. apple. Did you? I did just get the apple. Yeah. Nice. The Usually, if you taste. let it, if you let it sit yeah. a little bit, uh, the oxygen actually brings out more flavors in it. So that, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. I was able to get it. The nice. same thing happened when I did uh, the Bushmills Red. Uh, black bush mm-hmm. i wasn't getting that that wine kind of aftertaste until after about the second or third sip of it so gotcha cool yeah, that makes sense yes let it sit for a little bit and it turns into a whole other whiskey sometimes yeah jim what is whiskey number two uh i'll let you decide dude okay it's up to I... you I know the order you want to go, so just go with that, all okay. right? Okay. I, I didn't know what uh, if you were going to be doing these or not, because these were your picks, but yeah, I know enough I know enough about the, this next one to talk about it, because it's one of our favorites, if not our favorite. Uh, Nate, I would like you to pick up the sample bottle that says Red Breast 12. <clears throat> I got it. So, Red Breast 12, and Red Breast in general, is an amazing Irish whiskey. <laughs> work i love it um these are probably the best well the most well known and also probably the best at uh producing single pot still irish whiskeys okay adds like the pot still when they distill it it adds there's just like a creamy texture to pot still whiskey that isn't replicated in any other yeah it's more it's more in the mouth feel of it yeah um, and uh, they usually have like some like unique spices to it as well, but thank yeah, you, Jim. The 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 feeling and taste of a pot of a single pot still, you'll see here in a second is it's unmistakable, especially once you familiar familiarize yourself with it. So again, this is the Redbreast right Twelve, Jim. What's the ABV at? I want to say it's a little higher than 40, 42, 43. Uh, nope, it's right at forty. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Most Irish whiskeys are pretty good at staying red at 40. Yeah, so um, this line of Redbreast has, like, the most popular ones are going to be your Redbreast 12, your Redbreast 12 cask strength. I just pull mm-hmm. it right out of the cask, put it in the bottle, and then your Redbreast Lestau. That's going to be aged in Lestau. Was it, is Lestau a sherry? I think it's a sherry, right? Yeah. It's a type of wine. Um, and then the Redbreast Lestau. And then from there, it goes. To, there's the Redbreast 15, the Redbreast 21, the Redbreast Dream Cask. And at that point, you're spending hundreds of dollars a bottle. I've had the pleasure of tasting a Dream Cask before, and it is phenomenal. Can't say I'd spend my money on it, but it is phenomenal. But, is so that we're, a uh, bell moment right there? No. No? No? no. I don't think so. What was the question? He was asking if that was a bell moment for no. just tasting the red breast cream. Cast, no, just, but... just more rubbing it in her face, but yeah, just rubbing it in your face. Um, no, so this is the kind of flagship red breast twelve from the um, Middleton Distillery, same distillery that makes Jameson, and uh, the oh, I forget what I was gonna say. I don't know. Let's just go in and smell it because it's freaking delicious. Yeah, this 
Red red breast might be my favorite line. Like it's so good. What were the? Did you already go over the tasting notes? Not yet. Jim, are you looking that up right now? I'm trying to. Okay. Yeah, this is. This is such a smooth whiskey. Even the cask strength that usually comes in around that fifty-six percent is crazy smooth as well. Like you really can't go wrong with this one. And again, yeah, Nate, this easy. one, this one in Ohio goes for sixty-five dollars a bottle, roughly mm-hmm. sixty okay. sixty-five dollars a bottle. And this is the cheapest, youngest version of the yes, red breast. Yes. So, Holy cow. Yeah. So your your nosing notes are going to be. Um, spicy and fruity aromas with toasted wood notes. Yeah, I mean, because this is a 12-year-old whiskey. So yeah, and overall, like... just very smooth. I also get citrus notes on it, too, but it mm-hmm. doesn't mention that in the stuff that I've read on it. I do get the fruit, but I'm not, I don't see the citrus or smell the citrus. Okay. Yeah, the fruit comes through pretty strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to get like a little bit of spice, and you're still, I mean, as usual, you're going to taste the wood or smell the wood, I guess yeah. is what we're doing right now. Yeah. But this is going to be a lot lighter than the Woodford. It almost would have made more sense to start with this, but oh well. Oh, yeah, who cares? All right, so go in for a taste. Alrighty. Because this, again, this is super smooth, and you're going to get that creamy mouthfeel of it. And I try and talk while you guys are tasting so that there's no dead yeah. air. And then I'm going to go he for a taste, and Jim's going to talk. God, I... The texture is almost like milk. Like you're drinking, like just like just it's so milk. goddamn creamy and delicious. Like not taste wise, but the texture, just the texture. All right, so Nate, you just had your first sip of Redbreast Twelve. Initial thoughts, go. Well, it doesn't taste or feel like milk. That's for sure. I don't know where the hell Jimbo's coming up with yeah. milk, but just it is very smooth. smooth. It's very creamy. It is very creamy. That's what milk yes. feels like. I guess, but <laughs> I, I guess. No, you're not wrong. I just uh, it is very it's very smooth, and I do feel or taste the uh, the creaminess of it. Yeah. So this, I I would argue is probably one of the best overall Irish whiskeys out there. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're and if, if you're like, new if to sorry, most popular. Go ahead. Best. Go ahead. I was gonna say if you if you are new to new to whiskey like me, I know this is kind of a splurge, but. Uh, this is super smooth, and I know when a lot of people taste whiskey for the first time, they're kind of turned off because of that burning kind of sensation you get right away. This one is, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say training wheels, but it, it's very smooth, and I would recommend it to just about anybody who wants to try whiskey. Um, but Yeah, that's the amazing thing about Redbreast 12 is it's both for beginners and experienced whiskey drinkers. Like no matter where you're at in your whiskey experience, Redbreast 12 is such a good one to go to where like, like a heavily peated scotch is going to be difficult to start on or like a super heavy rye whiskey is going to be difficult to start on. This one is enjoyed amongst people just getting into whiskey and people who have been in whiskey for, for forever. So yeah, definitely. I always have Red Breast Twelve on my shelf. Always. Yeah, I. I don't care what my budget is for the month. If I'm out of Red Breast Twelve, I'm buying a bottle. Right. I was gonna say I, I may have to go get a bottle of this. Hopefully, it's a little bit cheaper out here in the desert. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna. <laughs> yeah. de- uh, I mean, I mean, good luck. I mean, our, it's definitely it definitely worth the price point. It. Yeah. Yeah. It it 100 is. I mean, I think the price point is like the biggest reason you don't see this 
uh, as commonly on like a list of like whiskeys for beginner just because like i mean if you've never really been into whiskey you don't want to go out and buy a 60 to 70 dollar bottle of whiskey yeah oh yeah it's hard to spend 60 bucks on but, a whiskey but this but god once you once you taste it you realize it's 100 percent worth it mm-hmm. and it's like i said always have a bottle of red breast 12 on my shelf all right moving on yeah that's moving amazing. on what is next jimbo all right we're throwing into the gauntlet nate number three. Oh boy you're gonna have a scotch i believe is this the, have you had scotch before uh i've had monkey shoulder that's not a bad one yeah we so, re- oh yeah we recommended that i have you. a bottle yeah. of monkey shoulder right on my shelf right now so so, so that's that's a blended scotch this one okay. that we're going to be tasting today is a single malt scotch which means, so first of all, we've talked about it in previous episodes, but single and malt are mutually exclu- exclusive descriptors for it, okay? So single means that it comes from one distillery. Malt means it's primarily malted barley. They'll add other grains into it, but majority of the whiskey is malted barley. So um, the single has nothing to do with the word malt. It means it's from one distillery. Where, oh, sorry, grabbing my whiskey. If it was a blended whiskey like Monkey Shoulder, that means it comes from more than one distillery. Okay. So one thing to not uh, fall into, one kind of trap to not fall into, is to think that single malt is automatically better. It's not at all. It's just a description of how the whiskey was made. Yeah, absolutely. A lot right. of people will be kind of pretentious about, you know, oh, I only drink single malt. And I think I mean, most people kind of agree that that's silly because... At most, you could say it's a testament to the distiller's um, what like the distillery the can do. Yeah, yeah, because they're working with limited resources. But I mean, the fact that something's blended doesn't make it less quality. It just means they use different resources from different places to make their whiskey. We're yeah, drinking so, the Glen Scotia okay. 15, by the way, Nate. That's the bottle. Oh yeah, Glen Scotia 15. If you haven't poured it yet, but um, oh, I found it. I figured it wasn't Dingle yeah. since you were getting all giddy. <laughs> So, uh, Monkey Shoulder is a great example of a very well-blended um, scotch. Some other blended scotches that most people are familiar with are the Johnny Walker brand, um, the Dewar's brand. Those are the ones that most people see and are familiar with. Um, but again, if you get your hands on a bottle of Monkey Shoulder, definitely worth it. Like, I've always loved Monkey Shoulder. And when uh, Jim, Stephen, Danny, and I went to Ireland... We, we what was it a liter of monkey shoulder that we drank in one night just playing euchre like Holy I think it was, it might, it, it was it something been, like that <laughs> was, I think it, it got broken up over two nights I think didn't it because we've it? been drinking whiskey most of the day yeah too because yeah. we went to, to uh, tours yeah so monkey shoulder is a solid one so and monkey shoulder um, out here is very easy to come by I didn't have any issue oh, yeah. finding that yeah. bottle I mean monkey shoulder um, is a very common like, I mean you can yeah. find that anywhere it's it's pretty common. So, Nate, go ahead and dip your nose into this uh, Glen Scotia 15 is what we're drinking today. Dip in the nose. All right, so the nose should have some citrus peels, ginger snap biscuits, sweet and with great depth, apricot aromas develop, then drift towards fruit salad. <laughs> oh, God. Did you say Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Did you hear, Nate, did you hear the last part Jim said? No, I didn't. Apricot aromas develop, then drift towards fruit salad. (laughs) There it is. Oh, there we go. After a short time, after a short time, the wood come to the fore, and water helps to release baked fruit. 
Oh my god. This is from the Glen Scotia website. They can okay. fuck off. This whiskey's so, delicious. <laughs> language! So much. You already dropped it. Alright, so real quick, I uh, pulled up the tasting notes from Master of Malt. So let's compare like each okay. of the notes, okay? So for the nosing notes from Master of Malt, I've got lots of rich fruit, apricot jam. Did you say apricot in yours? It said apricot aromas develop, then drift towards fruit salad. Okay. So there's segments of satsuma, apple pie. Oh, God. (laughs) Get the bell ready. (laughs) Wafts of sea breeze and baking spices develop after a minute. Did the people from Glen Scotia send that to Masters of Malt? Probably. Did did I hear you say during the smell that we're supposed to be smelling biscuits? So I think Jim said biscuits on his right Um, now. I thought I heard yes, something about Yes, ginger snap biscuits. So yeah. biscuits is usually going to refer to the like like kind of sweetness, vanilla, flaky, graininess that you kind of get from a biscuit. If you're really looking for something just nonsense, you're looking at your what was it fruit salad? Yeah, and they could because they could just say fruit. Yeah, you don't have to say fruit salad. I, you don't or, have to say biscuits. You can just say wheat or grain or you barley. You don't have to say wafts of sea breeze. You can say <laughs> salt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I definitely get that flaky flaky smell yeah um i do get the uh apricot let's well let's just go in for a taste do it all right right. so yeah yeah, go on on for your taste and nate we purposely tried to pick out a scotch that wasn't overpower like it didn't overpower with peat now jim if i remember correctly and i haven't tasted it yet it's been a little bit but the taste is where you're getting the peat on it yeah so you can smell i i smell the peat on the nose a little bit i did too yeah um but it doesn't it definitely comes through with the, the on the palate okay so nate if you've taken your taste already you have taken you're my probably taste, thinking yeah. like okay so what are your thoughts yeah, well you're first probably of all i want to know what why peat am is. i chewing a brick but it's okay so peat is going to be like your smokiness what they do is when they are um malting the barley basically drying out the barley so that it stops growing they will do a cup they'll do one of a few things they'll either have a peat fire going and the smoke will peat is a moss the smoke will dry out the barley and kind of stop the malting process um they're all, they've also done things where they'll do like a peated barrel and have it soak in that so there's different ways to add the peat um flavor and taste to it but peat is going to be that earthy, smoky. A lot of times for newer people, it's going to be that dry erase marker taste that you get on it. Yeah. So are you picking that up at all? Not the dry erase, no. Um, okay. I am getting... It's going to be on the back it... of your tongue, like that kind of damp woodiness. Let me let me take another taste here. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. So the reason that this is so prevalent in scotch is because in Scotland and in Ireland, peat is just... Like, that's just what they have. It just grows everywhere. So, I mean, you'll be walking around towns, and they'll use, like, peat turf to burn, like, for kindling, because they don't have forests, and they don't have trees like we do. They use, like, they burn turf. Yeah, when we were driving through Ireland, like, you're just driving through, especially in the winter, and the smell of burning peat is everywhere because people are burning it in their fireplaces. Yeah, it has this delicious, earthy smell and taste to it and you kind of have to learn to appreciate it because it kind of it's going to have this like earthy kind of clay like smell and taste but once you once you warm up to it you start to miss it if you don't have it and and everything else 
So, Nate, do you think you're able to pick out that peatiness? Uh, yeah, on the definitely, back on the of second, definitely on the second taste. I, I Yeah, I got it. Okay, it's going to sit on the back of your tongue, and that's where you're going to kind of find yep. it there. Yep. So, um, as Jim was saying, the peat is prevalent in Scotland and Ireland, just like how the United States has a crap ton of corn. We make our whiskey out of corn, hence mm-hmm. you get bourbon. We also have a lot of rye around here. That's why we have our rye whiskeys. Ireland and Scotland have a lot of peat. They use peat that you got to yeah. use which, what's around you. Yeah, which Ireland doesn't really use peat that much. Like they that's, don't. That's they usually don't. the biggest difference. Yeah, is that Scotland tends to use the peat in their uh, whiskey making process, and Ireland doesn't. Yeah. So, Nate, thoughts on the? Uh, oh, Jim, do the. What are your palate notes for this one? Oh, oh, I'm so excited to read these. Yeah. Hold on. Tab. Dry a complicated palate where the initial nose would lead you to expect plump fruits what you get is a surprisingly dry element the palate fleshes out as the first impact of the nose fades adding water brings out the caramelized elements balanced with the wood elements expected of a 15 year old i just said i just said a whole lot of things while saying nothing yeah so the palate notes that i have much shorter vanilla and fruit with ginger and cinnamon bring a subtle dryness to it which didn't yours mention dryness too yeah this said dry and wood okay fair <laughs> enough but it took three four lines of dialogue to do it four yeah. lines of text to do it you know the thing i will say about this glen scotia 15 is it sits there for a while yes you know like you're you're sitting there and it's like i haven't taken a sip in a few minutes now and it's still on my tongue like yeah. it's, it is and it's enjoyable mm-hmm. yeah it is it's very yeah. enjoyable yeah i mean the first yeah, initial the tends to make linger first initial taste was awful not gonna lie it was awful <laughs> that's, that's fair <laughs> i got that dry erase marker it kind of welcome just, to scotch it, yeah. it kicked me, it took right me about six months to about like scotch. five seconds later <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah that second taste i definitely got um the cinnamon um and a little bit it tasted almost a little bit like vanilla too yeah so that's where your appreciation for the peat will come through as you drink more yeah um what when honestly when jim and i started this podcast like it was we d- we didn't enjoy pete like i don't know if you remember but we've we like one of our early podcast episodes i think the was, first episode yeah we kind of we kind of shit on scotch a little bit just because yeah. of the peatiness yeah just because if so i i know a guy that i work with that the first whiskey that he started getting into because his dad drank it was scotch so he has always liked scotch because that's what he started with. But if okay. you start with like Irish or bourbon and you're used to like sweet, fruity, caramely vanilla-ness and all of a sudden you taste a scotch and you get, like Nate said, kicked in the balls by this peat. Yeah. You're not ready for that. I wouldn't even yeah. start somebody on scotch. Like that's, scotch is something that I see you building yourself towards. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the same with, like, now, like you said, rye. Some people start with rye, and they love rye. That's like, true. I mean, if you start with it, if you don't have anything to compare it to, you just yeah. get used to it a lot faster. Which now I feel a little left out that I got the training wheels with the bird dog flavored whiskey instead of thrown into something a little Dude, that's little how we more. started that's, like six years ago. Yeah. Dude, You're my, on the my fast first, track right now. Yeah, my first whiskey was drinking, I think it was either the Blackberry Bird Dog or the Peach Bird Dog on my front porch with my roommate Nick, which yeah. I'm probably going to have him on an episode sometime <laughs> soon, yeah. but... Um, that, that's how, that's how like everyone starts differently and yeah. you gotta start with something. So. Yeah. Well, the I best part about the bird dog starting to like whiskeys with the flavored ones. Yeah. The best part about the bird dog is my sister just turned 21. So, uh, I've been making different drinks and having her take, uh, just 
sips of it and shots of, of the, the bird dog stuff. And uh, she enjoys it. She actually asked me today for a, uh, a recipe that I made. It was the bird dog blackberry and lemonade that we made. Nice. And, the blackberry, was, yeah. and she, she absolutely loved it. Cool. Hmm. For more bird dog recipes, feel free to tune into our previous episode of bird dog cocktails that we did earlier this season. That's true. And Shameless the bird plug. dog website has a bunch of recipes that you can search for by the flavor of bird dog that you have. I saw so that. Go to bird dog, get bird dog. Bird dog is an amazing whiskey. And I've said it many times on here before. So, all right, Jim, we got one more whiskey on our shelf. Don't we? That's where you say, yes, Joey. Yes, we do. Yes, Joey, we do. All right. <laughs> Hang on. Jim's trying to signal me real quick. What's up, Jim? I can't hear the discord. Okay, Jim's connection to Discord just dropped. So we're going to take a little break. Okay, so now we're moving on to our fourth whiskey, which Jim is about to wet himself because he's so excited. Almost <laughs> dropped a glass. Um, Nate, I would recommend going in for a palate cleanser or uh, that's the that's the fancy way of saying just drink some water. Drink some water, uh, all right. Yeah, drink some water, cleanse your palate. Um this this is a very near and dear to our heart whiskey. Um, it's a special one because uh, Jim uh, vandalized some property when we went to visit this one. Typical Jim um, behavior. Yes. That was private property, not property of the Dingle Distillery. Correct, it correct. Me. It was a random house that we happened to be passing that <laughs> Jim <laughs> walked down a uh, boardwalk. And he was trying to support himself, but it was so slippery that his feet immediately went out from under him. And he crashed down on the boardwalk. And uh, you ever try to walk on like wet wood and just get slimy? Was... And it's just like it seems like you're walking on oil. That's pretty much rail... what happened to me. He took the railing knob with him. <laughs> I haven't walked on a wet. I took that railing knob. Five years, and it is so. sitting. And it is sitting on. My shelf in my basement. What do you say, Nate? I said I haven't walked on a wet surface in about five years. We don't get oh we don't God. get much rain out here. I mean, when we do, I'm usually inside. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was laughing so hard. Plus, we were pretty drunk at the time. We were but yes. crashed. So Thanks we to visited, the good folks at Dingle Distillery. We visited the Dingle Distillery. 100%. Go visit Dingle if you're in any part of Ireland ever. It is the most beautiful town. That we like that I've ever seen. Like it's right on the bay. Um, the Dingle Distillery is in an like like it's 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 in a tin shed that is kind of deceiving. They've got their pot stills. They've got their giant vats where they brew the mash in, and then upstairs they've got this this like cool little tasting room. Mm -hmm. And when we went on the tour, there were eight of us total Four, it was me, Jim, Steven, and Danny, plus four other people. And they give you samples of whiskey that you can taste. They take you through the tour. Also their vodka and gin. Well, I'm just getting to that. So like at the end of it, they say, do you want to taste the vodka or the gin? So they went around to the other four people and they picked what they wanted. They come to us and Steven says, can we try both? He's like, of course you can. So they poured it. The other four people left. And then we just shot the shit with that uh, tour guide for I don't know how long. Yeah. Just, just drinking f- with him. The nice thing is like the tour guide were like also, I think like 
some of the owners too. Yeah. Because this was, this distillery is a barn. I think like, there were like 13 small, people who worked there in total. <laughs> these are a small, in, this is a very small independently owned distillery. Yeah. So, um, it was a kind of a culture shock because we did the James, the Middleton distillery, which is just massive, which is like it, massive. It's, it's like the Disney of like yeah. Irish whiskey. So you have was, like all this like mass production, um, I mean, it was amazing. I'm not trying yeah. to knock it. It was amazing to see like whiskey produced on that scale. On that scale, but then you go. Our next tour was Dingle, which is literally five dudes in t-shirts and jeans in a barn. Yeah. on the beach. So when we visited in was it December 2018? Yes, I think we visited the largest distillery, which was Middleton, and then the smallest distillery in Ireland, which was Dingle at the time. Now, mm-hmm. some there's been more distilleries that have popped up in Ireland, but just seeing the two differences between the two is amazing. And what's amazing about this whiskey is they specialize in young whiskeys. Okay. So what we're drinking, Nate, is only the second batch of whiskey to come out of the Dingle distillery. I okay? feel privileged. You should. You I should. feel absolutely privileged. Because, so the other... because the weird thing about Dingle is that their batch releases are all different. Yeah. So the second the second single pot still release that you're drinking now is different than what they make for the next year. They use a different recipe every year. So once this bottle is gone, there's no second release left for us to get. It's not going to be available anymore. Right. So is Dingle a mass produced whiskey like a, uh, like a Jameson? No, no, no. no. Okay. We're just talking about like, so like the Middleton distillery is where Jameson is made. That's like the mass produced, like obviously like it's, it's everywhere. So would you say you have more dingle appreciation is... for a dingle over a Jameson? Yes. No, don't get me wrong. Jameson's delicious, but I have a good. lot more appreciation for a dingle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because they're they're independently owned. They got they they had an interesting startup where they asked investors to donate a bunch of money for their distillery, but what they would the investors would do is actually buy barrels. Because making a whiskey distillery is hard because you don't make a product for like three or four years because you have to age it. Um, and it, so they started making their, their vodka and gin. But anyone that invested a bunch of money into the distillery when it first opened, when the whiskey was ready for release, they those investors basically had bought a barrel of the whiskey. Right. So instead of just like being owned by this company that gave them a loan, the investors got a barrel of the product they were investing in. Correct, yeah. And so they, oh. they still maintain their independence. And on okay. top of that, they actually really built up the whiskey and gin market in Ireland because, like, with whiskey, you have to sit on it for three years. Like, you, when you distill your first batch of spirit, like, you, you can't sell it for three years. So what do you do? You make vodka and gin mm-hmm. in the meantime, and their vodka and gin is so good, too, yes. that it's just blew up across Ireland by the time their whiskey came out, they already had a market for it. And that's what's interesting about this whiskey is with gin, you get a lot of juniper, and this is my favorite part. They use the berries from Dingle, so they're using Dingle berries um, <laughs> to, <laughs> to flavor their... Hopefully not those Dingle berries. Fla- Nothing we can say right? can distract the fact that it's a funny name. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. So they're using the Dingle berries to flavor their gin along with the juniper, and that note comes through in the whiskey so you get like this foresty evergreen note in the whiskey that you normally wouldn't pick up in a whiskey so jim i'm tired of talking about this can we just jump into this so let me pause you right right quick there how much does a bottle of this go for 
Oh, this was, I think, $100 when I bought it. I think yours was, was $100. I think right now, like, a batch three goes for about $80 to $90. Okay. Is it, it, is it easy to come by, or bottle. is it a very rare no, thing to no. no. We can't find it almost anywhere. So well, a few places in the U.S. This, the batch, the one that you have now is the second batch release. It's gone. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. so, like, it's... Came straight from Ireland. Um, I think they might be on batch number... Five? Are they releasing batch number... I think well, they're no, on four we, or five right now. It'd be four, because we bought this in 2018. This probably, is two. Yeah. So, Nate, you can probably... I don't know if you'd be able to find it in Arizona. I'm going to look like, it we, up and see. So we can get it in... We can find it in Illinois, Florida, a couple other surrounding states, it's like Philadelphia, New Jersey. Um, but we can't get it in Ohio. We have to travel for it. We can get their gin. I think that's pretty much it, right? Not anymore. Vodka? Nope. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember exactly how much I paid for this because I bought it in Ireland. So it was in It euros. was like the 80 to $90 range. It was, it was 80 to 90 like euros. That's true. That's true. So it's it was probably over. It was probably about $100. Yeah. So. All right. I'm ready to drink this. this yeah. Um, so, All right. Nate, um, you ready? I am tonight, this ready. is also a single pot still whiskey. So it should have a similar texture to the red breast. Okay. So on the nose, what are you getting, Nate? Oh, man. Put me on the spot. Yep. Do you get that like evergreen uh, there, foristiness? I do, yeah. Um, maybe a tiny bit of vanilla. Okay. Maybe right. maybe a Comes tiny in bit. The oak barrels. Yeah. 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 Um, maybe See, a little. Just, just like saying cherries with wine, you can say vanilla with any whiskey, and you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Almost all um, whiskey is going to use American oak, and that's going to bring out vanilla and caramel. I feel like there's a little bit of fruity notes to it. Uh, probably I'm probably the dingleberries. Yes, dingleberries come going in. very strongly. All right. Jim's going in for it. So all right, go in all right. dude. Jim, talk us through the taste. It's so weird because like I expect this to be like a fruity, kind of sweet, smooth whiskey, but it's actually pretty spicy, and I get some like almost like a leathery oakiness, and then the fruit comes in, and then the sweetness comes in, and it kind of washes away, and it's so this delicious. This whiskey reminds me of like winter Christmas time. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, this, this, the spices. Absolutely. It just makes you feel warm. Yeah. It, yeah, I get the spiciness. You know, I get a lot of that fruit flavor, and what it reminds me of is the Jameson Blackbush, but better. Like, it, I get that. It almost tastes like it's got that sherry cast kind of taste to it, um, but it, it's, it's very good. I, I, I like this one a lot. Yes. So this one is actually matured in bourbon, Oloroso, and Pedro... Zeminez cask. Pedro Jimenez. Um, so that Oloroso uh, is a sherry cask. So nice pull, Nate. Uh, I believe Pedro is... Uh, I don't know what the Pedro is. That's another type of wine cask. I don't know if it's sherry. I can't remember. Not a, it's not like a champagne. Is it? No, because I thought they were talking about like experiment with champagne when we were there. It might be. I'm so proud the of Oloroso myself is definitely right a type of sherry, so you're going to... The the dark fruit kind of is... Uh, yeah, it's... It's very fruity. It's always going to be a pretty good sign of like sherry. Uh, and Joey's doing some research. Oh, it's a grape varietal. I did not know it was a grape varietal, the Pedro Jimenez. So, yeah, well, yeah. So, if that means it's a wine, it's a. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's using wine. Yeah. So, I was right. It, okay. it, it's an ample. It, to me, it's an amplified out. version of that black bush. But it's, it's very good. Yes. So, definitely. We That's say, interesting. Was, I don't know if I would have ever described it that way. I'm not saying that you're wrong at all, but it's it's really interesting to get that kind of perspective on it because I don't think I would have ever made the connection on that. But I, I'm t- if you were to put both of them in front of me without any labels on it, 
I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference, to be honest. Really? Yes. Maybe that's, that's maybe that's my palate, but that's like when I tasted that, I was like, "This is Black Bush." That's yeah. fine. I'm not you, putting you off yeah. at all. That's so, really interesting. You right? also have very little to compare it to, so but I think that's a fair comparison. It's yeah. an Irish whiskey aged in sherry casks. That's fair. Um, yeah. So your this one to me is like has like a lot more of like like spices to it, and that's because of the uh, the single pot still. Like the single pot still spices are very prevalent in this one, and it makes it so much just like richer and warmer and more delicious so cherish the rest of the sample you have for this nate because i don't have more to send you i'm i've got like a quarter of a bottle of this left and, and it's gone forever is dwindling yeah. we've had this since 2018 yeah and i i nurse it i yeah. nurse it man but i sent it to you so i appreciate it special i appreciate next time you, you call me a, a bad friend on uh, xbox <laughs> <laughs> no also again. fun fact about dingle uh the town of dingle the islands off the coast is where they shot a lot of scenes for one of the greatest Star Wars movies ever made, The Last Jedi. The island of uh, Octo is actually. This is the, the wrong podcast to talk Dingle about island. that. <laughs> I know, but it's just a little fun fact, and I thought you'd appreciate it. Um, I'm not going to get so into the, uh, uh, the Last Jedi, but you know, we could probably start a whole new podcast. No, exactly. Wars, yeah, called could, How Jim's but, uh, Wrong. <laughs> no. And I will fight you every day on it. But, All right, um, so we're going to bring it back to whiskey now. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the overhead shots are actually off the island of Dingle, and we, we were there. Interesting. You think the porgs are there getting Dingle? Probably. Probably. Okay. If they're not still, if they haven't all been like roasted over a fire. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they have a lot of them walking into bars around Dingle all the time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. All right, so that is all four of our whiskeys, Jim. Thank you for joining us and helping me share whiskey with Nate. Always happy to come over to your house and drink whiskey and send whiskey to Nate and talk about whiskey. Fair enough. Nate, thank you for joining us um, as the amateur whiskey drinker for today's episode. I'm glad I could be your uh, your guys' test dummy. Yeah, hey, it was, it was fun, man. So, send me more. Um, I'm ready. We probably will because yeah. I love sharing whiskey, and I know Jim does too. We're always bringing whiskey back and forth to each other's houses. So I'll try to find um, some out here that you haven't tried either and uh, send them your guys' way. That would be awesome, and I think that'd be a good challenge for you. Yeah. <laughs> are there any? Are there any distilleries in Arizona? Um, you know what? I haven't really done too much research into that, but I definitely can. Weak. I, w- I will say one of my. Because new favorite distilleries is out in Colorado called Breckenridge. If you haven't had Breckenridge, mm-hmm. definitely check out Breckenridge. I love their distillery. Yeah, Breckenridge. the whiskey that comes out of there. Yeah, it looks like there's, there's quite a few out here. From what okay, I'm seeing, if you get yeah. any Arizona whiskeys that you like, you send us a bottle of uh, what do we call it? Uh, balsamic vinegar. Yes, yes. In the mail, send I'll, balsamic I'll, vinegar. I'll send you some uh, some balsamic vinegar and some maple syrup. There you go. Actually, it looks like there's one in uh, in the city that I'm in that I had no idea was here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, like in Glendale or in or like or in Phoenix? No, well, it's close to Glendale. It's uh, Peoria. All right, I've never heard of it. So there you go. So, so I'm sequel gonna, episode. I'll do some more research and get back to you guys on it. All right, sounds good. Well, it sounds like we got another episode planned that we can work on, but. Um, for this one, we're going to wrap up. Uh, it was delight tasting these different whiskeys. Thanks again, Jim and Nate, for being on. Thank um, you. you can find me on yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Erringman's Pub. And last but not least, the best whiskey is shared with friends. Thanks, everyone. This is On the Nose with Joey Erringman. Son, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol.